Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online, and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H-E-L-P. Hello, and welcome back. I am Pirate. I'm Josh. And this is Paranormality UK. Wee. Okay, so, Josh, we're going on a deep dive today. What you got for me, Pirate? I've been reading... Oops, sorry, bang the table. <laughs> I've been reading this fantastic book. It's called The Vertical Plane. And it is a, a personal account, actually, by Ken Webster. Mm. Uh, this is the second edition. I picked this up for about 15 quid on Amazon. The first edition was going for ridiculous money. Okay. Uh, it's literally that rare a book these days that you, you, I've seen the accounts of people paying over £160 for this book, for the first edition. That's a rare so book. So to get the second edition is a good thing. And as you can see from all of my post-it notes, many, many of them, I've got a lot to cover. The so deepest of dives. This is a, a deep dive. And this book is so interesting. It starts off as just a kind of a... Uh, a, a poltergeist haunting. Okay. To be honest, these people have bought a house in a little village called Doddleston. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like an ex-farmhouse, I think, uh, built on the site of uh, an old farm, which comes into, you will understand about that when we get into the story. Um, but they were just doing it up. Uh, a guy called Ken and his girlfriend, they weren't married, uh, Deb, Debbie, uh, I, I, I think they bought the place. I'm pretty sure they bought it. And they were doing it up uh, at the ground floor. Uh, as you can see, it's only a modest little house. Oh, yeah, it's not yeah, too big. Show it to the people at home. Yeah, it's only a, a small place. Um, but they were they were still in the middle of doing up, like, the downstairs, uh, the kitchen and the, the living room. There was only, like, a two-up, two-down. I think the, the ground floor had a living room, a mm-hmm. kitchen, and a bathroom like extension on the back and upstairs was just the bedroom and an extra bedroom that they called the studio because they're quite musical these people oh okay uh, and they, they got like a little four track recorder and stuff in there and that and um they had uh, actually at the start of the story uh, a friend of theirs called nicola 
Nicola Baguli. Oh. Uh, and she was a an ex-teacher. But she'd come to stay with them for a few months. And what her idea was that she wanted to start doing this kind of um, alternative cabaret act. <laughs> right. You'll have to remind me what cabaret is again. Cabaret, it's just a performance. Like, you know, uh, Camp Redcoats at Butlins and that sort of thing. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, family music and performances. Are they like the people that used to do the can-can and stuff in frilly dresses or am i thinking of something completely no different? you're thinking of something a bit different <laughs> that's more burlesque burlesque that's yes. all <laughs> not cabaret but yeah nicola would come to stay with them and what she was doing she was trying to write out some sketches for her alternative cabaret act mm-hmm. but they started getting weird shit sorry weird things <laughs> happening in in the house mostly like in the kitchen um there would be uh, like bottles and things started stacking themselves up. Lemonade bottles and milk bottles and, and cups and things would just start stacking themselves up on the draining board and or, or on a table and, and weird stuff like that. Mm. And uh, w- one day they, they decided to paint the kitchen. And uh, well, actually, beforehand, they noticed there was dusty footprints going from one bottom corner diagonally up the wall. Mm. to another corner. A bit strange. Yeah, defying gravity there. Yeah, but they figured it could have been a prank or something from the people who owned the house previously, you know. Yeah. Um, so they cleaned it all up, painted over it. Next day, come downstairs, footprints are there again. Hmm. Over the top of the fresh paint. Okay, and it's just Ken and Deb in the house with their friend Nicola. With Nick, yeah. And, and Nick had been the one, I believe, that actually painted the wall. So she was a little bit miffed about this, you know. <laughs> you thinking would that be. <laughs> someone's paying a practical joke on her or something like that. Um, and that's how it all started, really. Just, just random little things, things happening like that. Mostly the stacking objects uh, and that sort of thing. Um, but uh, Ken, Ken himself was a teacher an economics teacher. And this all happens back in the uh, start of uh, coming up to Christmas in 1984. Long time ago. Oh, the best time. 80s. Best time, yeah. Um, and back in those days, computers were very, very basic. Not every, not every house had one, certainly. Mm-hmm. In fact, not every business or school had one. Um, but the school that Ken worked at, Harden School, just over the border of Wales, um, they had these old Acorn BBC micro computers, like really, really old. You know, the type with the, like the black screen with the green writing. Yeah. It's, you know, it was very, very basic. Um, so this is at the start of like the technology computers. Oh yeah. It? Yeah. Yeah. Very long time ago. And, uh, the ones in the school came with a word processor known as Edward. It's kind of like WinWord, <laughs> but an older version of it or whatnot. Edward. Edward. <laughs> and he borrowed one of these computers from the school, took it home, of the idea that Nick could use the word processor to make a cabaret scripts and oh, okay. things, yeah? Yeah. Rather than writing it out, you know, you can edit it, move things around, cut, copy and paste, you know, all that sort of good thing. Yeah, yeah. I got yeah. So that's what they did. They borrowed the computer from the school brought it home and uh she, she started working on her stuff and whatnot and uh, one evening uh, they left the computer on while they went over to see a friend of theirs in a neighboring village called i think his name was dave lovell um and 
when they came back that evening, Ken clicked on the computer. He wanted to have a look at Nick's work, what she'd been doing. You know, they're all quite bohemian people. Mm-hmm. He, he wanted to see yeah, what she was doing. They're all friends there. And on the computer, rather than the work that Nick was working on, they saw quite a weird message on the screen. Hmm. And it read, Ken, Deb, Nick, true are the nightmares of a person that fears. Safe are the bodies of the silent world. Turn, pretty flower, turn towards the sun, for you shall grow and sow. But the flower reaches too high and withers in burning light. Get out your bricks. Pussycat, pussycat, went to London to seek fame and fortune. Faith must not be lost, for this shall be your redeemer. Wow. <laughs> okay. That is a... That's a very strange thing. And they question Nick. Was this? Is this your cabaret? No, no, that's not what I wrote. So two things there. One, that's written old school, like English, isn't it? Like Shakespeare in a way. Yeah, sort of, yeah. And two, they they left that on... When they left, when they left the house, they left the computer on. Yeah. So there was no one in the house or anything. That no was... one in the house. Ah, oh, so they came back to that mysterious message. Exactly. And the whole the first half of the book, well, most of the book really, is them trying to debunk what's happening. Whether they're being someone's playing a prank on them, you know, whether yeah. someone's like breaking into the house when they're not there, or, or you know that sort of thing, and leaving mm-hmm. these messages or leaving that message. Um, but yeah, it happened again, uh, a mm. couple of weeks later, but I don't know if it was the same computer or just a computer from school. They obviously had a few of them and Deb carried on, uh, not Deb, Nick carried on using it to write in a, a cabaret act. Uh, in the meantime, they were still having, uh, you can see cups and stuff stacked up <laughs> yeah. there. This, this, um, poltergeist activity was still happening all the time um and they, they basically it happened again uh they they brought the computer back nick was working on a cabaret act they went hey i think it was to the pub this time or something like that um and the next this time the message was a lot more straightforward well not straightforward because it's written in very very old english okay and it reads i write on behalf of the of many What strange words thou speak, although I must confess that I hath also been ill-schooled. Sometimes methinks altercations are somewhat barful, for they break many a sleeps in mine bed. Thou art goodly man, who hath fanciful woman, who dwell in mine home. I hath no want to affray, for only since mine half-witted antic has ripped a twain mine bound hath I been wreathed a night." I have seen many altercations, lastly charge house and thou home. Tis a fitting place with lights which devil maketh, and costly things that only mine friend Edmund Grey can afford, or the king himself. T'was a great crime to have bribed mine house. L.W. Hmm. I don't understand so, any of that. Translated. <laughs> oh, please. <laughs> it means, I write on behalf of many. What strange words you speak, although I must confess that I have been badly educated myself. Sometimes it seems changes are somewhat obstructive, for many a time they disturb me sleeping in my bed. 
You are a worthy man who has a fanciful woman, and you live in my house. I have no wish to alarm you, for it is only since the half-witted fool, or trick, I'm not sure, uh, ripped apart my confines, I have been tormented at night. I have seen many changes, lastly the schoolhouse and your home. Tis a fitting place with lights which the devil makes, and costly things which only my friend Edmund Gray can afford, or even the king himself. It was a great crime to have stolen my house. Wow. So, <laughs> this is a very strange situation. They're coming back to a computer that's writing Old English by mm. somebody who claims they have taken over their house and are also causing what seems to be poltergeist activity for whoever's yeah. writing the message. You know, he, he's saying... Uh, I have no wish to alarm you. It's only since the half-witted fool ripped apart the confines I have been tormented at nights. You know, so oh, he's so the more they're doing DIY and doing up the house, it's affecting him quite well. possibly, mm. quite possibly. And he signs it LW, LW, to start with. So anyway, uh, they start looking into. Um, into it <laughs> i've lost myself now uh yeah anyway uh, a friend of theirs um convinces them to write back oh okay oh what so just leave text on the screen yeah leave text on the screen and see if you can actually start some kind of pop correspondence because it seems to them that this is being written by someone in the past yeah Silly but, question, yeah. but is the internet invented at this time? No. There's no internet? No. Okay, this is 1984, okay. just before Christmas. The internet wasn't invented until the 1990s. Okay, I didn't know when the internet was invented. It seems like it's been around forever. So. Well, for you, I suppose, at your age, it practically has. But um, Wow, okay. Someone like me, I can remember a time before the internet, before mobile phones and all that sort of thing. You know, this this was cutting-edge technology at the time. There was no networking, no internet. Mm. There was no way that one computer could send, not easily anyway, not without yeah. some kind of, I don't know, telecommunications hub. Yeah, no MSN yeah, or yeah. anything like that. I mean, it would be a very complicated process to set that up, and I don't think they had the mm. capabilities of doing that. Makes sense, makes sense. I'm with you now. So anyway, oh, one of them came up with the idea to write back. And what they wrote was, In the reign of Queen Elizabeth II, Dear LW, thank you for your message. We are sorry for disturbing you. What would you like us to do? Did you live in a house on this land in about 1620? Do you want to tell us more about our... Oh, sorry. Do you want us to tell you more about our time? Why write a poem? Who is Edward Grey? Is he related to the Egerton family? Do you have a family? Is the King James or Charles Stuart? What is the charge house? Was this village called Doddleston in your life? And how many families lived here? Thank you very much for your messages and thank you for not making us afraid. Ken, Debbie and John. So, oh, yeah, it was John uh, John Cummings, their friend, that convinced them Got to write yep. back. Uh, so, they did get a reply. They did. Well, they got a reply, of, and uh, they didn't uh, save it to disk. 
Okay. So what I'm about to read now is constructed mostly from memory mm-hmm. and notes that they had written down. The reply was, "'Twas an honest farm of oak and stone. It is helpful that you should tell me about thy time. Dost thou hath horse? <laughs> Edmund Grey, brother of John Grey, lives at Kinnerton Hall. The king, of course, is Henry VIII, who is six and forty. Oh. I know I woot of King James.' Mine charge house is a place of lure, which I think means schooling. Okay. LW, 28th of March, anno 1521. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, whether they believe it or not, they appear to have someone from the year 1521 writing messages on their computer, or it's some massive hoax. Someone's breaking into their house and writing these messages for them to find because it seems that the messages never appear when they are in the room with the computer. Okay. Yeah. It's only when they've at this point, it's only when they've left the house, although later on it does start happening while they're still in the house, but not in the same room. Yeah. So at that time you're probably thinking this is the neighbor coming around. This is, yeah, they're Some, thinking something like that. One of their friends uh, knows that they got the computer home at the weekends mm-hmm. and the evenings, and when they go out, he's popping in there and he's going, oh, I can make them believe that someone from the 1500s yeah. is, you know. But, you know, they they got to, they got to keep researching it. Um, and I th- oh, there's a, like, a section of the book here that's missing because it's a reprint and uh, they put a picture over the top of it. Um, that's that second edition for you (laughs) but yeah like uh, so Ken being a teacher he took these messages into school to see you know uh, get sort of a second opinion on them Mm -hmm. and he was uh, a guy called Peter Trinder who was was a languages teacher uh, who specialised in old English language was very interested and he took the notes and he started researching and looking into some of these words because some of the words that he were using um particularly in the the first um message or so wreathed w-r-e-t-h-e-d they had no idea what that mean i don't even know what the whole sentence means no there you go (laughs) um so anyway um they did write back to him uh, it doesn't say exactly what they wrote. It just said that, you know, general greetings. Um, and they got another message. And I'll just read the translation this time because this is a very long message and it's all very <laughs> difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. It says, uh, my goodly friend, I must needs say, how it, how is it that there are many things of which I have no knowledge It seems to me that if you cannot say why you are in my house, then I can no more help you than if my wits had gone. I have no kinfolk. I can tell you about my wife was... Oh, I have no kinfolk I can tell you about. My wife was taken with the pestilence, and the Lord did take her soul and her unborn son in 1517. My farm, it is humble, but it has a pretty parcel of land, has red stone footings and clean rushes on the beaten floor. This season I have much to do. I have to sow my barley early for my ale. It is this that is my craft, and I'm, which I am best at, I fancy. Also I have to go to Nantwich to know, my, to know friend 
Richard Wishel, whose farm is so great as to allow him four-year rotation of fallow. I do so envy him. He has much there, but nothing that delights me more than his cheese. It cannot be equalled by any other for pleasantness of taste and wholesomeness of digestion. I shall also call at Nantwich Market. It is not so great as Chester Market, by the cross, but it is of some interest. I shall need to go to test Chester this season to take get my shoes. My goodly friend Thomas Aldersay, tailor by craft, makes them and some makes them sometimes. I also make shoes myself, but none of my swine are ready. It is far too costly unless I need to kill one. I'm guessing for the leather, the pigskin. Oh, nice. Do you know the country of Chester and Watergate? The Watergate is. Oh, sorry. Do you know the country of Chester? The Watergate is a place that brings many traders. It is a shame the port does not does shrink, and I can remember great ships. Now they get smaller by each tide, but Chester Port is still greater than that of Liverpool, which is interesting because Liverpool is massive nowadays. I'm often to the east wall of Chester, Cow Lane. It is not so tiresome there than by the cross. That is when my fowl or swine do not trip up my poor body. I hear that you are a teacher in Harden. Do you mean Harden? Do you still earn the great sum of £20 per year? I remember my unpleasant dean, Henry Mann, who is likened to a fish. If any boy shall appear naturally adverse to learning after fair trial, he shall be expelled elsewhere, lest, like a drone, he should devour the bee's honey. Nay, I cannot make merry on a holy day for fear of my life. My friend was once fluting on a holy day and did have his ears pinned to the wood block... I think when you say Doddleston, you mean Duddleston. My queen, of course, is Catherine Parr. Wow. That's a lot to digest. It is a lot to digest. Now, there are a few things in this that, so far, um, over these last couple of messages, don't actually add up. Okay. When he said back in the second message... Uh, that his king is Henry VIII and he is four, six and 40. Yeah. But it was in 1521. Henry VIII wasn't 46 in 1521. No. And then did he say Catherine of Parr? Uh, Catherine Parr, yeah, is, is also slightly out on the timeline. Hmm, okay. Um, so, again, they're not sure if... You know, it's it's a big hoax because you know some of these things, and also in these early messages, it has quite modern punctuation. Like back in those days, they didn't really use full stops and commas and stuff like that. But mm. it has been, it is in here. Very interesting. You had me at cheese. So, I had cheese. <laughs> well, Chester is quite famous for its cheese, I suppose. Um, that, well, there's there's so much into that, like the fact that. He's got, uh, he's clearly got personality. It kind kind of comes through his writing, doesn't it? Like the personality's coming through. He's giving lots of details. Yeah, and he's using several words that I don't even understand. Yeah, and he's signed off this one as Lucas as well, not just L W. Oh. So we have a first name, a Lucas. We've got a name. Yeah. Um. But yeah, uh, obviously they are honing in on some of these things that, you know, may, may not make it true. Um, also, K 
Kinnerton Hall. He said Edmund Gray, brother of John Gray, lives at Kinnerton Hall. Mm-hmm. That didn't exist back then. Or oh, at least not the way that it does now. Maybe there was an old, a, a different building that they called yeah. Kinnerton Hall. I don't know. That's not really explained properly. Um, I've, but, never, I've never been so confused and intrigued at the same time. This is very interesting stuff. It is, yeah. Um, let me just... Uh, yeah, so... I mean, they're, they're, it carries on. They're just making sort of idle conversation, really, and trying to figure it out what the guy's saying. Yeah, I imagine they're all he, just confused at this point. Yeah, Peter Trinner is very interested because some of these words he's actually looking up, and he's managing to identify them as local to the Chester area mm. uh, in the sort of time that that was actually being used, uh, that he's professing to be from, like the 15, yeah. mid-1500s. Uh, very colloquial terms that Peter's had to put a lot of research in. You know, and we're talk- there's no internet back then either. Mm. So he's actually having to go to libraries and get the Oxford English Dictionary as it was written in the 1500s to check these words against and to see if they were part of normal English or to see if they were local dialects, you know, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. And that's how they sort of pinpointed it. And this is, and it's Peter that really sort of is so interested in this because, because of its diction properties. Yeah. That's know? his wheelhouse. That's what he loves. Yeah. That's what he loves. And... He's love. He absolutely loving it. So they keep sending messages mm-hmm. to try and get more messages back. Uh, another message here reads, uh, "My good friend, or my my goodly friend," <laughs> is how he starts it. And this is interesting mm. because he says "friend." Okay. Now, when you look at the word, the way we spell the word "friend," F R I E N D. Yeah. Why is it pronounced "friend"? Why isn't it pronounced "friend"? Field is spelled F I E L D, and that's field, not failed. Yeah, yeah. So maybe. The word friend should be pronounced friend. <laughs> we don't need any more confusion added. To no, but that's just one of my thoughts that I, I find interesting. Yeah. So my goodly friend, uh, can you tell me for what reason you are asking so many questions, which I cannot understand? I am confused. The writing machine is a wonderful thing. Somewhat unnatural, I fancy. Unknown to myself, it may be, but I have seen you make lights on the box and am cunning. Yes, I know of Bristol. My kinfolk did come from the Bridgewater and Taunton by the River Tone, until they died. To make merry, I like to be at the ale. Yes, sometimes I use the bridge at Aldford. Your merry-making pleases me, but it is rather noisy at times. Will you tell your woman to play more of the flute thing? Tis a pleasant sound, I think. How do you travel to your school in Harden? I must hurry as my dogs are loose and are being troublesome to my fowl. Lucas Wayneman. Uh, this ah, is an interesting full one. Full name. Yeah, yeah, we've got a full name. This is an interesting one because he's now writing and say, where he says, would you tell your woman to play more of the flute thing? What happened was, mm. on, I think it was the night before, they got together. Like I said at the start, they're all quite musical. Yeah, yeah. And they got together and basically had a little bit of a jam in the in the lounge. Mm. Debs can play the saxophone. So she oh. was joining in on that. Now, in 1500s, the saxophone hadn't been invented. So mm. he called it a flute thing. 
And he's like literally hearing a saxophone for the first time. But it 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 does let on that he can actually hear and see them, like but they another, can't see and hear him. It's like another dimension. Yeah. Weird. I do love a good saxophone, though. That's a good choice by Deb, though. Oh, definitely, yeah. Uh, and all this time, they've still got poltergeist activity going on and all that sort of thing. That's still happening on the side. Still happening, well. yeah. Footprints, just, stacking. Yeah, the stacking, lot. things being moved and that sort of thing. So they start looking into ley lines. Okay. You know what ley lines are? No. <laughs> no, well, it's, it's kind of an... Ex- uh, they're lines that connect natural energy points uh, Wait, around is the world. It, you know when people have those two things looking for water and they... Water dancing. Yeah. Um... I don't know, it might have something to do with ley lines, I don't really know. Um, but they noticed that the ley line did pass pretty much directly through the house. Ah. Don't know how much of an effect that actually has on things. So that would, would that effectively mean they've got more energy in their house? Yeah. yeah. More sort of paranormal energy, I guess. Okay. Um... But yeah, uh, and also in that message, he noted that he uses the bridge at Aldford. Now that's something that Ken asked him: Do you use the bridge at Aldford? Because that bridge in modern times mm-hmm. is on private land, and you oh. can't cross it. Okay. So that was a bit of a trick question, and when he got the reply. A lot of people said, oh, it's got to be a hoax because there is no bridge at Aldford. Yeah, yeah. But Ken knew there is one on private land and he wanted to know if that was the one that Lucas was using. Okay, so he's kind of trying to trick him in a way. Sort of, yeah. Just trying to get more information just to see if it is a hoax. or Yeah, you know, see if it adds Because that's what they're basically trying to do, trying to figure out, you know, who is writing these messages. Is somebody breaking into their house? Is it someone writing mm. them in their absence and that sort of thing. Um, and you've got, I mean, there's so many messages backwards and forwards. So I can't possibly cover them all. Um, I don't know how long we've been going for yet. Um, oh. Password. Yeah, that's great. Got to put that on video. Uh, 29 minutes. We're already at half an hour, and I'm, I haven't even covered the first quarter wait, wait, of the book. You've just tickled my teeth. Literally just started. Um, but, yeah. I mean, they, they, they could carry on with just um, general making sort of nice with each other. Making a friend. Yeah, making friends with each other. Uh, another message reads my most noble friend i have not been friendly towards you and yet unless i am mistaken i think there is not enough trust despite this i have been open with you i know not whence you came nor whither you will go nor do i have an answer for why you are in my house but you are a goodly visitor and you may stay as long as you like (laughs) okay (laughs) well what's interesting is i find that he can see them but they now I think that the activity is only happening in their kitchen. Yeah, okay. Because that's where the houses overlapped. When he said that it was an old house with red stone floors, 
they did find red flagstones in the kitchen and outside in the garden. So it it makes sense oh. that their houses weren't like directly on top of each other, but their kitchen just kind of overlapped maybe his kitchen or or something like yeah, that. Yeah. You know. Um, I mean, it's hundreds of years have gone by, so absolutely, yeah, things are going to change. It, it, Lucas's house was, has been torn down, and oh. you know it's been built on over the top. He says, "I came to settle here because of the excellent pasture for which, at one time, I had to pay no tax, <laughs> <laughs> unlike my relations. Now things have changed for the unfavourable." King's Sheriff does plague me, yet so it seems. He is here every hour. I have had some mishaps with your hidden device, which does not place my words, but it is no more undone. I think it is too agreeable for me at times, but it does amuse. I fish for herrings and salmon in the Dee, and sometimes in Flooker's Brook. I tell the friend John, with whom you spoke, that I know much about fishing. I think you are jesting when you talk about the horseless cart, tiger. It is good that we can be carefree and joke like this. So they've talked, mm. right, Ken is a very interesting Jaguar cars. Yeah. Oh, okay. And this is a very strange part now, because he literally puts gets a cut out of a Jaguar car from a glossy magazine, places it on top of the computer, and then sends Lucas a message saying, what do you think of my car? Okay. The picture disappears. What, the actual picture? The picture picture disappears, right? Right. Then, when they get a message back, the picture has come back, and it's burnt and brittle. Oh, that's strange. The message that comes with it. My goodly friend, I hath fond thy cart portrait... I'll just read the translation. My good friend, (laughs) I have found your picture of the cart, but it is a crude thing, for without a horse it won't go far. (laughs) Tell me, what unknown wood is this? It's like silk. I cannot describe it better. He's talking about the paper, the the glossy paper that the pictures pictures on. on. That's so strange. For me, I don't know if if I'm just reading too much into it, but a picture that has travelled backwards and then forwards, because it gets returned, and it's burnt and brittle. I mean, wouldn't a picture that has travelled through time, where the house may have burnt down... Ah, it would have those weathered effects. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. That adds up. That's weird, isn't it? That's very weird. It kind of gives me the creeps. (laughs) Um... It's very interesting, but it's also there's there's a weird. I don't know why it just feels a little bit creepy. Like, yeah. I can't put my finger on it. It's just... uh, he goes on to say, "I studied at Jesus College in Oxford. My best subject was Latin and Greek. I had to dress with a gown and hat. John Collett was my most important schoolmaster. Some of my books were Epistolae Obscurum Vivarum, some weird Latin thing, mm-hmm. um, by Mutin, Mutianus Rufus." Praise of Folly by my friend, of course, De Art Poetica by Marco Giricamo, and A Goodly Garland and Colin Clout by John Skettens, for which he was imprisoned by the unlikable Wolsey, Sir Cardinal Wolsey, who was Mm. King Henry VIII's cardinal. He died at Westminster. The King's Sheriff is Tom Fowlhurst. Remember that, because he does come up later. Tom Fowlhurst. He will call on Tuesday. My favourite meal is... Pumpkins with pastry and peas. I don't know how to prepare it, but my good woman Catherine will tell what I have to say. Boil pork until tender. 
Chop into fine pieces. Take cloves and mace and chop raisins of comf. I'm not sure what comf is. Take it and roll it around as you can and place on a dish. Mix almond milk and blend with flour or rice. Flour of rice. Pour over the pumpkins and set off each with a flour and cheese. I follow it with mead. It's good, don't you think? Lucas. I do think. I think that sounds great. <laughs> it's sounds lovely, doesn't it? Man, he had me at cheese again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just so... What they're talking about is literally just getting to know each other. Um, wow. Okay. Uh, but there is a point... Here we go. Right, so there is another point, though. Because they they have been testing him, you know, trying to see if his words are genuine and, yeah, you know, the check, checking the facts, you know, mm-hmm. how old the king was, Catherine Parr and that sort of thing, mm-hmm. trying to match up the timeline and that. And there are discrepancies. Yeah. Right. Um, but they haven't accused him of lying or anything. They don't want to do that in case it upsets him and it stops communication because yeah, Peter's yeah. really interested in it. it's Peter's advice mm-hmm. for them not to press mm-hmm. him about the things that they find that could be a little bit false yeah yeah and then one day Lucas writes back and he uh, gives them the impression that he has also been testing them oh my friend pray what strange demon are you I am so confused you are goodly, I feel, but your lies frighten me much. You said you are alive, but this is not so. I have no wish to accuse you, but you said also that you are, are an educated man and that you know of my friend Erasmus, but you do not mention my misspelt words. If you were alive, you would say you know not of Jesus College. You also spoke of power of which I have no knowledge. Where does this power come from? Electricity. Where does this power come from? And what did you study in your place of learning? Where is it? Because if you don't not you do not explain this to me, then I must make an end to my words with you. This would cause me much despair. It is not that I make you afraid, it is you that makes me afraid. Lucas. What a twist. That's Jesus College. He said, You know not of Jesus College. Well, yeah. they do know Jesus College because it was built a century after this bloke was alive. Oh. So he's told them a college that he thinks, oh, well, they won't be able to find that. They'll question me about that. But because we we know of a Jesus College that was built after he died, they're just like, mm, okay. Oh, so well, in maybe his time, Jesus College, college wasn't, wasn't around. There, no. Oh, so he thinks oh, I've made something He's testing up. them to see, oh, well, will they be gullible and just... Yeah, you know, yeah. Or were they questioning? So he was essentially it. doing the exact same thing that they were doing. Yeah. So he's trying to. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's a plot twist. It is a plot <laughs> twist. Um, and they basically kind of explain that they didn't want to offend him. Obviously, they they realise that they're in the future, and you know uh, mm-hmm. their records may not be quite as accurate as yeah. what he his life you know everything around him is is going on about and does he know they're from the future yeah yeah he does know yeah he knows they're from the future ah. um and he writes back saying my good friend will you dispel my doubts and the last message i was somewhat confused your friend from oxford peter uh does much writing in the red book so he can see peter 
studying his message and writing down in this little folder about about his words that he's doing. Pray, what does he say? It is unknown to me, but he uses some of my words. Does he come from my time? Tis true about my life. It it was just a joke. My Latin is not so bad as that, and I know much about my most worthy uh, Erasmus's books. He was a most knowledgeable man for whom I had much love, and he spoke much wisdom on the frivolous and misgoverned ways of Christian doctrine. I think he has opened many eyes to such so-called learned men when he was given the appointment in the Greek. I began my time in Bracenose College, which is in Oxford. Oh. It is one of the original Oxford universities. Not Jesus College, as I said. In all manner of things, Erasmus, his best must be Colloquia. I think that must be one of Erasmus's books. Mm-hmm than which I know no better. My cook, Catherine, asks, what is your most tasty meal and how you make it? My shoes are made of swine skin and sheep's coat. I have eight pigs and 16 fowl. I tan the pig skin, cut out, cut the skin, then shape and sew it together and put the sheep's coat and herbs in to, make, to keep my feet healthy. I must go out. Time is moving on. Quid agis nosker de mirs ad... I'm not even going to read that Latin. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you. Um, but yeah, uh, it's basically so kind of you, you know they're, they're settled. He, he's happy that they're not trying to trick him, and he's not trying to trick them. Yeah, and the trust is there again, the, and they're oh. starting to actually think that um, this is an actual genuine thing because yeah. rather than having to go out of the house now, Debs would be sat in the living room mm-hmm. when new messages appear on the computer in the kitchen. And they're just appearing. They're, they're there. just appearing there. So no pranks, no neighbours. This is... No. Um, yeah. I, I cannot go through all of these messages, but there are literally hundreds over the course of a few years. Well, the whole thing takes place over like two years or 18 months. And even... Lucas starts writing them little messages on the pillar in the corner of the kitchen that I think was shared by their house. He even what? writes his own name. That's fancy writing too. In, in sort of chalk on the on 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 the actual ground or you know around the the kitchen. And they're seeing um, these messages not on the screen; they're actually in the house. Yeah. Mm. Now, Debbie, although it's Ken that writes the messages. Debbie seems to have a connection with Lucas. Okay. He quite fancies her, I believe, because he can see them, can't he? Yeah, he, didn't he say a lovely woman or something? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and she starts dreaming about Lucas, but this is not like an ordinary dream. Okay. She says she's dreaming, and it feels like she's going through a kaleidoscope, and when she comes out the other side of the kaleidoscope... She's in Lucas's house, hmm. standing in front of a fireplace, just looking around the room. And she was like, this is weird. But she couldn't tell if she was thinking it or if she spoke it out loud. Mm-hmm. And suddenly she got a reply from her right. She hadn't noticed a man at the table looking up at her said, indeed, it is made. Oh, <laughs> 
And <laughs> it's so it startled strange. her. Sorry, tis strange indeed, mate, is what he said. And it startled her. And so she receded back into the fireplace and the kaleidoscope happened and she woke up. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I think we're going to have to stay there. Oh, leave it on a cliffhanger. I've got, I've got yeah, because I mean, we're now probably about a quarter of the way through the book. Wow. We're going to have to end that as part one. Yeah. If you're enjoying this, because we're, we're at 40 odd minutes now. If you're enjoying this, please come back for part two. Yeah. Um, because I'm doing a deep dive on this book. I, I've seen lots of YouTube videos and lots of accounts of people going through this book and they leave so much out, mm-hmm. particularly the, the relationship that Debs seems to have with Lucas. And that's what I want to start focusing on yeah, in the yeah. next episode. Yeah. So we're going to leave. This is good. This is what today. we want. We want the details. This is for the fans. This is for the subscribers. We don't want to leave out anything. No, we're trying to cover it all. Um, but I mean, so far, this on for me personally on the paranormality scale, I'm not even going to rate it at the moment until mm-hmm. we get to the end of the book. But it just keeps going up and <laughs> it's up. It's increasing and, up and, up. and going up. Yeah, I'm you know. Sure. So that's a quarter of the way through. Probably almost. <laughs> this could be a four part. <laughs> this could be a four part. Yeah. Um, wow. Okay. But. I'm I'm going to leave it at that because, yeah, we've gone far enough. I want more. (laughs) You you want more. The man wants more. I hope you at home want more. Uh, We are going to leave it to that for today. So please check back next time. We're going to be going into the relationship between Debs and Lucas because this starts Mm. getting very, very strange. I can't wait. This is great, isn't it? So thanks, everybody. See you next time. Ta-ta. Ta-ta.